sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two, a football Friday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz Network. That's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here live on this football Friday on TMA. Plenty more to come for your NFL Sunday slate week number four with Joe P. Sapia later on in this second hour. Every angle that you need to know for Sunday in the National Football League. The pitching ninja, Rob Friedman from FanDuel, will join us in a little bit as well. A huge weekend, the final full weekend in this Major League Baseball regular season. Tomorrow is October. It's October baseball now, certainly in Atlanta, starting tonight between the Mets and the Braves. Benny and the Bets hits the streets of Manhattan, and we set the stage for a huge week number five the college football season here in 2022. Tomorrow is Separation Saturday. Huge games that will have significant ramifications across the country for conference championship races, all in the hunt for a spot in the college football playoff. And a huge Friday night slate for you in college football as well, including with a top 15 team in the country in Washington in action on this rosy Friday in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl against the UCLA Bruins. Now, UCLA, an undefeated side as well, but not ranked so far this season. Washington is one of just two teams in all of the country that has been booked as a favorite in all four games this year and has covered that number. And that's where Washington finds themselves again as a short two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Bruins tonight let's take a moment to recognize Michael Penix Jr the leading passer in all of college football following four weeks of action Michael Penix Jr the transfer from Indiana reuniting with his former OC in Bloomington now the head coach in Seattle in Kalen DeBoer is the only quarterback in the country to have thrown for 300 or more passing yards in each in every game this year his passing yards prop tonight against UCLA 316 in a hook a very lofty number that takes that all into account. Now, as we look at the Pac-12 championship odds, we have some teams, certainly in that in this conference so far, that if they were to win a conference title, they could be in contention for a college football playoff spot. The Pac-12 has not reached the college football playoff since the 2017 season excuse me the 2016 season five years they have not been to the college football playoff right now usc is the favorite plus 160 utah a dollar behind oregon at plus 390 there's washington at five to one moving up this board steadily their number was closer to 18 to one in the preseason ucla back slightly tied for those fifth best odds but it's 17 to 1 at the moment let's continue running through this friday slate a ton of good games to break down for you here on this friday tulane in houston the cougs a two and a half point favorite middle tennessee coming off the huge upset over miami this past weekend getting four and a half at home against texas san antonio meet meet those roadrunners in a game that we should not see a ton of scoring in between Boise State and San Diego State. In fact, that is reflected in the total. 30 
eight in a hook, this number for the Aztecs and the Broncos. Boise State's offensive coordinator was fired at the end of last weekend. Their quarterback, Hank Bachmeyer, who has been there in Boise, Idaho for quite some time, now in the transfer portal. Tons of attrition for this Boise State team who has played 12 of the recent 16 games since the start of last year to the under. It is an 80% under percentage. It is the highest under percentage in all of college football in that span since the beginning of last year. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of a football Friday live on the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. Week number five of the college football season. You will hear me say this, I think, each and every week, that this Saturday, this Saturday slate is my favorite of the year. This feels like the most significant Saturday across the country. We mentioned this two-week stretch in the ACC, how it might decide the conference champ here and now by the time we got to the end of the first weekend of October. Tomorrow night, under the lights, in Death Valley, it's number five Clemson hosting number 10 NC State. A top 10 tilt in Clemson, South Carolina, where right now Clemson's still under a touchdown favorite, laying six and a half. That has only happened twice at home for Clemson in the last six years. A very interesting number. It was NC State that pulled off the upset as a double-digit underdog against the Tigers last year, but in Raleigh at home. Now we look at where Clemson stands. They won the ACC for six straight years. That streak was snapped last year in 2021. They are the favorites to win the ACC in 2022 in an odds-on manner at minus 170 to make the college football playoff plus 170. When Clemson won the ACC for six straight years, they made the college football playoff. Correlate those markets quickly. The Big 12 championship rematch in Waco between Baylor and Oklahoma State. A very short spread. Oklahoma State might be the Big 12's best shot of getting back to the college football playoff following what we saw last week. Texas upset on the road in Lubbock by Texas Tech and Oklahoma State as a two, or excuse me, Oklahoma as a two touchdown favorite at home upset as well by K-State. It hasn't been great for Oklahoma this year. They haven't really been covering numbers. They did not cover against Kent State early in the year in non-conference play. They seem to tighten up that ship against Nebraska, but it opens up Oklahoma State and the possibility of the Cowboys making an appearance in the college football playoff. Betting the bets is up next on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On this football Friday, Live right here on the morning after. We are geeked up for the weekend ahead in college football, of course, and in the NFL. And it starts early on your Sunday across the pond in London. So here in New York, we wanted to fire the people up. We wanted to get everybody excited for the first London game of this year. The first of the international series this year in 2022. They'll play a couple of games in London. There will be a game in Munich, Germany as well a game in mexico city there is a ton of international flavor to the 2022 nfl campaign so we don't just do that here on the show 
each and every day, handicapping a game between the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints, where the Vikes are laying three in Tottenham Stadium against those New Orleans Saints. An update, as Mike Blewett shared with you, by the way, Michael Thomas, after a good start to this year through three weeks, is now out for Sunday for New Orleans, and that line has worked slightly in Minnesota's favor from two and a half to three. That's the game perspective, but the hype perspective, traveling abroad to watch football, there's not much better than that in my opinion. And here on the show, I'm Ben Stevens. But when we hit the streets throughout the week, I'm Benny in the bet. So as our executive producer, Alex Fasano, would say, he's not here today. He's off this weekend. He's in Pittsburgh to see his Steelers take on the New York Jets on Sunday. It was his birthday yesterday. A shout out to you, Alex Fasano. As we get ready for what we are about to display, Alex Fasano would say, everybody sit back, take a deep breath. <sighs> And enjoy this week's edition of Benny and the Bats. We are in New York City. The NFL is in London this week. So we hit the streets of Manhattan today to ask football fans where they want to travel to most in the world. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Europe. Europe, where in Europe? Spain. Maybe Greece. Oh, Greece, how come? Because I've been there and I like it. Mmm, Greece. Hawaii. Japan. Japan. How Japan. How come? Never been there. Italy. Italy. Where? Dubai or something? Australia. Back to Venezuela. Disney World. Bali. Uh, Ireland. Uh, Brazil. Brazil. Uh, maybe France. France? Have you ever been? No. The first thing that popped in my head was Paris. If I could travel anywhere in the world, where would I go? Cairo, yeah. New York. Here we are, we're in New York. Five blocks away from here, so I'll talk to you. Okay, I actually kind of like that answer. What about London for an NFL game? Yeah. London for an NFL game sounds pretty good. They're doing it this Sunday, you're gonna go? Do you, are you gonna pay all my expenses? I don't have money for the tickets. London's my favorite city. So you would go for the NFL game? Yeah. Oh, let's see, Portobello Road, I'd go to the Changing of the Guard, I'd go to Stonehenge. Uh, London is also a choice. But I feel like they should have like somewhere else than London too sometimes, because I feel like every year in London is like... Trash games. It's trash games. Uh, go to see the uh, palace. I would go to see... Big Ben? Thames. You know, my name is Ben. And Big Ben. This weekend, Sunday, Saints, Vikings, who wins? Vikings. New Orleans Saints, because I'm from the South. The Saints. Why? Because I like their name better. Well, Kirk Cousins played pretty bad in week one, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not not the Vikings. I say the Vikings just to, just to be in opposition. Well, you guys watch for the football game. I watch for the cute butts, okay? Oh, Vikings sounds good, so Vikings. Vikings. You want to do a skull chant with me? You know what a skull chant is? Skull. <laughs> that was really good. You're a Minnesota Vikings fan now. Skull. There it is. Skull. That was good. Can you give us your best British accent? Um, sure. I'm from foggy London town. Yo, what up, man? Yeah. I can do a bit of an Irish accent, a bit of a tighter accent, yeah. I would love to go to a football game in London. All right, Gabna. How's that? Boss that. What? A Liverpool accent. Oh, that was good. Hello, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, bloody <laughs> This is me, Benny and the Bets, using my British accent to give you my prediction for the NFL football game across the pond in jolly old London this weekend. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to cover because over there, it's not prime time for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Vikings minus two and a half. 
What did you think of my British accent, John James? As we welcome our producer here on the morning after back onto the show. It has been too long since we have seen that handsome face grace these airwaves here at the Spiz Grizz. John James, what did you think of my English accent? And then we, of course, will need to hear yours as well. Well, I thought it was pretty good, mate. I'm giving you a bit of a Cockney accent right now, but I can also do a London accent, like I'm from proper London. Oh, Ben left the frame, I guess I'm hosting the show here. Yeah. Oh, man, I, didn't mean to I was not expecting the Cockney right out the... Oh, hey, you gotta man, come was... in hot, dude. I haven't been on air yeah. in like three months. I'm coming in with some style right now, baby. That's good. You want to give us your best Australian accent, your Cam Smith impression, if you wouldn't mind? Uh, yeah, uh, asked about the Live Tour and joining the Live Tour. Yeah, mate, I just uh, I just won the uh, the Open, and you're already asking me about that. That's uh, pretty not that great. Pretty not that great. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty good. John Shames, a pleasure to have Thanks, you buddy. back here on the morning after. Breaking down all that we have, including the producer plays for this NFL weekend and the Sunday slate. What do we got? Are you leading us off with an actual football pick? All right, let me just, everyone take a breath right now about me giving a football pick out right now. Ben, you asked me this morning when I walked in if I was watching the yeah. Golden State Warriors and Washington Wizards preseason NBA game in Japan, as I'm listening to this Benny and the Bet segment, I can't help but think if there's one place I would want to go, it's Japan to see Steph Curry wetting some threes in early September, I guess late September at this point. So that would be my destination. But yes, I will switch up the script a little bit today. We got two weeks before the NBA best bets come back. But today, I'm going to be going to the NFL. And Ben, I'm going to be going to the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right. The 0-3 Las Vegas Raiders against the Denver Broncos this weekend wow. at home, laying two and a half points under that key field goal number. And I think the Raiders get it done. The Broncos have yet to win a game on the road this year. They have obviously looked terrible throughout the uh, the first three games of the season. And the Raiders have the weapons to get it done. And, you know, you and Blue were talking about before. I think Derek Carr gets some help from his offensive line, and they can hold that a little bit. Devontae Adams only had 36 yards last game. He's due for a big one here. I think the Raiders get it done against the Broncos at home, Ben. It feels like that spot, that if the Raiders are going to win a football game finally this year, the last remaining winless team in the NFL, this is it. At home, in the desert, against the very questionable Broncos, and they're laying less than a field goal. I like the look, John James. Look at you and your football bets. Take us through the rest of the I producer plays it. board. Absolutely. So second up on the list, we have Andrew Bocci Galupo. He is looking at the New England Patriots and specifically at Ramondre Stevenson over his receiving yards prop, which, as I understand, is not posted yet here on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But that Brian Hoyer Stevenson connection, Bocci is a big believer in. We will probably, <laughs> yeah, no Mac Jones this week. So Bocci's going to one of the all time greats in Brian Hoyer. And that connection with Ramondre Stevenson. For what it's worth, Ben, Stevenson did have 73 yards last week in totality. So maybe not a bad look for him to be getting involved in that offense once again this week. That all-time connection and relationship between Brian Hoyer and Ramondre <laughs> yeah. Stevenson. Long documented. All right, last play for the sharpest of our producers, our graphics producer, Jesse Metzger. The sharpest of the sharps is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. James Robinson, over 53 and a half rushing yards. He has been absolutely torrid to start off this season, really an instrumental part 
of that Jaguars offense that has actually looked really good. Going up against the Eagles, that's going to be a tough defense uh, to, to go against, you know, with their defensive line there. But James Robinson, Jesse's looking over 53 and a half. And I must say, I'm a big fan of JR this season. I would tell him on that one. I like that pick. I do not like it necessarily because I have Travis Etienne on both of my fantasy teams, but I like the look from Jesse Metzger. John Shames, a pleasure to have you back here on the morning. What a fun time that was. <laughs> that was nice. A British accent Thank to you. finish it out. A huge final weekend in Major League Baseball with the pitching ninja Rob Freeman. Okay. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Tomorrow is the first day of October. October baseball is pretty much here. The final weekend of the Major League Baseball regular season. The second to last series beginning for most teams around the bigs. And some of them incredibly impactful for playoff spots and playoff positioning. So helping us break it all down is the Pitching Ninja. FanDuel's Rob Freeman joins us here on this Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. We take a small break from Football Friday to focus on a huge final weekend in MLB. Rob, how juiced up are you for what we are about to see over the next couple of days to end out the regular season? I mean, I am as juiced up as you can be. Like, you have the GOAT versus Freed tonight? Like, that's going to be oh. so much fun. And then, yeah, Burns Alcantara? I mean... I'm gonna my I don't even know if I'm ready like I feel a little dragon but I, I think I can do it I think you're I'm ready. on no days I think rest you are ready no you're no days rest you're gonna throw a bullpen session the arm's gonna be live you're gonna be out there with all the best clips from tonight on the mound because there are going to be many a focus in Atlanta certainly on the Braves and the Mets just a one game separation in the second-to-last series of this year, and it's DeGrom and Freed tonight. We'll get to all of that as we preview this weekend. But first, we recap the year of Shohei Otani. On the bump last night, in his final home start for the Halos this year, he takes a no-hit bid into the eighth inning. By the way, Shohei Otani is also on a 14-game hitting streak. So, Rob, when you think back on this year for Shohei Otani and the Angels, as a team overall, 16 games below 500. Not what we expected from team success. But when you look at Shohei Otani on the mound, what do you remember from this 2022 season? I remember a guy who is probably the filthiest pitcher in the American League. Like, I mm -hmm. flat out, just as good as anybody. Um, you know, I mean, to me, his, his pitching, obviously, I'm a pitching ninja. What am I going to say? But his pitching right. just, just jumps off the page. Um, amazing stuff like yesterday just creativity he threw i think four four seam fastballs the entire night everything else was i mean his new sinker threw that like 10 times and everything else was off speed stuff um he can he creates stuff on the fly he's must watch baseball every time he's out there he's the reason i'm dragging today because i was you know watching the game every moment of that game and uh, like you can't take your eyes off him when he's on the baseball field. And it's so much fun to watch. And I, I hope everybody appreciates what they're seeing. But you're seeing right. a guy who's as good a pitcher as anybody in the American League 
who also hits bombs. Shohei Otani last night after the game said he was surprised that he had a no-hitter into the eighth because his fastball was trash and he had to focus on his breaking balls. That's how good Shohei Otani is. A no-hitter into eight innings of work and he thought it was a bad night on the bump. An absolute marvel on the baseball diamond. Won't win American League MVP probably because of Aaron Judge's historic season. But as Rob mentioned, we should be appreciative of what we see out of Shohei Otani on a nightly basis in Major League Baseball. As we focus on American League playoff teams, Rob, the Cleveland Guardians have clinched the American League Central, running away with that division. They have won nine of their last 10 games. The Rays will be in the postseason as well, holding on to the final AL wildcard spot. Those two teams facing off against one another last night in Cleveland. The Guardians get the win. Rob, as we examine the American League, can either of these two teams, with their pitching staffs that they have, make some noise come October baseball? You know, it's hard to say that they can't, because they've surprised all year. Like I didn't have the Guardians as one of my teams this year and all they do is win. And they certainly have the pitching to, to go deep. The underrated, like you have Bieber who lost you know, velocity on his fastball who still carves up lineups. Um, you have Springs last night, one of the most underrated pitchers in the major leagues. You have them also getting back Tyler Glass now who is not one of the most underrated. He is just a legit ace. <laughs> um, so these teams are like quietly really, really good. And it wouldn't surprise me for them to go on a run there. They're pretty deep pitching. Shane McClanahan had a point this year too, entering the all-star break. The American League starter for the Midsummer Classic was the Cy Young front runner. So Tampa certainly has those front end arms as well and very familiar in these postseason spots. But Rob, as the odds have indicated pretty much all Major League Baseball regular season long, there is a clear distinction, a top tier of the top two teams in the AL, the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. The Strohs right now, the favorites to win the American League pennant at plus 150, but the Yankees only 50 cents behind. Of those top two teams, Rob, Houston and New York, who do you think has the pitching advantage? Astros, not a doubt. Astros just depth starting pitching um you know I, I, and again another guy that people have slept on because he was injured is Lance McCullers back in the Astros rotation who is another guy who is legit as good as anybody and you would never feel you're at a disadvantage with Lance McCullers on the bump you just don't yeah. and you have Verlander and 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 Fromber like that team is loaded Javier like you have a ton um the Yankees that's not necessarily their, their strong point. Um, so, yeah, I would say the Astros have a pretty solid advantage pitching-wise. The strong point for New York is a man that wears 99 in pinstripes. His name is Aaron Judge. 61 home runs as he blasted the other night in Toronto to tie the American League single-season record and, of course, the Yankees single-season record with Roger Maris. Now he looks to break that record. 62 long balls tonight at home against the Baltimore Orioles. Rob, you are the pitching ninja, but how would you describe and put into perspective this chase of history for Aaron Judge this year? Oh, I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. What, the one thing that I love is that you have two good guys, like people that everybody like as the face of baseball in the American League. The two MVPs are nobody's, you can't crap on Aaron Judge. You can't crap on Shohei Otani unless you're hating. Um, they're both really good guys to have as a face of baseball. And I love watching Judge. You know, I'm a pitching guy, but it, it amazes right. me 
the way people have to pitch him. He makes you pay if you make a mistake. Just a patient hitter. Um, it's 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 a lot of fun to watch. I'm a I'm an Aaron Judge fan. I think everybody should be an Aaron Judge fan. As they should be. And there's been a lot of conversation about the real home run record in baseball and how we can't slight the steroid era because it's a part of the fabric of the game and the history of the bigs. But you don't have to take away from one to lift up the other. What Aaron Judge is doing right now on this historic run, we should celebrate that for 61 and maybe 62, plus 215 for Aaron Judge to hit a home run tonight against Baltimore. All right, enough of burying the lead from that pitching perspective. A huge weekend series in Atlanta. The New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves. Right now, the Amazons, a one-game lead in the National League East. Heavily favored to win the division. And tonight, favored on the road. Jacob DeGrom against Max Fried. Rob, could you want anything more in a pitching matchup with all that is at stake tonight to start off this weekend series in Atlanta? I mean, you can give me Spencer Strider and Jacob DeGrom, which would give me 100-mile-an-hour yeah, yeah. fastballs on both sides. Um, but no, I mean, Max Fried has been their ace for a while. He, you know, he, he's been there before. It's going to be, it, this is going to be classic baseball. Everybody should be watching. Um, I'm in Atlanta. I, I typically don't root in these games. Like I, I love Jacob DeGrom. He's probably the guy that I, I mean, of all the pitchers that I just can't, you know, you, you have to watch every pitch he, he throws. Um, but you know, not to slight Freed. Freed is top tier so it's going to be so much fun the pitching matchups we have this weekend in the series between the Mets and the Braves are awesome it's Scherzer against Kyle Wright tomorrow Kyle Wright has won 20 games this year and then to round out the series it's Chris Bassett versus Charlie Morton right now Rob as we mentioned New York heads into Atlanta this weekend with a one game lead in the National League East and rather substantially favored to win the division at minus 390. I ask you a simple question that might not have the easiest of answers, but who ends up as the divisional champ in the National League East? My gut tells me the Mets, but with the with that line, I would probably put money on the Braves. I think I don't think it's impossible um, that they pull this out, but uh, my gut tells me it's it's not the Braves. It's the final day in September. It will really feel like October tonight and the rest of the weekend between the Mets and the Braves. The Milwaukee Brewers, Rob, seemed like they were not going to make the postseason following the trade deadline. It seemed like they had settled ship and were looking forward to next year. Now they're only a half game behind the Phillies for the third and final NL wildcard spot. And tonight, if it's a good pitching matchup between Jacob DeGrom and Max Fried in Atlanta, how about this one in Milwaukee? The runaway favorite, for the National League Cy Young this year in Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins and taking on the reigning NL Cy Young winner in Corbin Burns with a spot in the postseason potentially for Milwaukee on the line. Rob, how big are these spots on the bump today for both Burns and Alcantara? Oh, huge. Um, you know, obviously Burns has something to play for. He wants to, you know, he wants to send his team to the postseason and he is just a stud. Like, I don't care. He's having an off year. He's still great. And Sandy wants to just put that final touch on his Cy Young campaign. He's got it. They should just give him the Cy Young right now. But yep. it wouldn't hurt a complete game, you know, eight, eight, nine, ten Ks. Go yeah. even further. In this spot tonight, this is what we live for. This is why the pitching ninja in Rob Freeman from FanDuel will be up all night making the best highlights that you can see from all that we will be able to see on the mound today 
on this Friday. Rob, we'll look at the National League Championship Series odds here. The Dodgers, the favorites at minus 210 to make the NLCS. The Mets also favored at minus 130 to get there. All of this at stake in the final weekend of the Major League Baseball regular season, the second-to-last series across the bigs. Rob Freeman, the pitching ninja from FanDuel, thank you very much for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend. You too, Ben. It'll be a ton of fun. Back to football on this Football Friday, a preview of the Week 4 Sunday slate in the NFL. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Some final Football Friday thoughts as we set the stage for week four in your Sunday slate in the National Football League. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Some final thoughts with the best to do it. His name is Joe Pisapia. He is the host of Fantasy Sports Today each and every Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time live right here on the grid for that DFS fantasy prop perspective heading into your Sunday slate. Joe Pisapia, thank you for joining us here on this Football Friday. Always great to see you. It's always a fun Friday with Ben Stevens and got Johnny Boy oh. behind the glass working things. It's it's great. It's always a, a wonderful time to be here and hanging out, talking football with you guys. I like the hoodie. You're inspiring the international series that we will see this weekend in the National Football League. Not in Italy, the game, but in London <laughs> no. between the Vikings and the Saints. We'll look at some of the other games around the Sunday slate here, Joe, because one game that should be a little bit interesting, at least has the largest spread of the weekend, Green Bay at home in Lambeau. The Packers a nine and a half point favorite against the Patriots. And right now, Joe, we're awaiting what the actual status is going to be for Mac Jones. Of course, Bill Belichick is never going to tell us outright if his quarterback is going to play or not. So with or without Mac, how bad have you seen things get offensively for New England? And has that led to the spread being nine and a half in favor of Green Bay? Well, first off, let me say, next time I'm on and we have a London game, I will wear my Oxford sweatshirt because I did attend that very university for a short period of time. So I am international after all. That's right. You don't know. Lots of secrets about Joey P. It's fun fun stuff. Yeah, good times. But anyway, back to the football game. How about this? Uh, There's no reason to be playing Mac Jones in this game. You're not winning this game anyway if you are the Patriots. So why are you... If you're Bill Belichick, risking Mac Jones in this game to push it, Uh, especially after what happened with Tua last night, I think collectively the league needs to sit back and protect the players a little bit. And uh, I I think, again, it's a very different set of circumstances. Once a concussion protocol, this is an injury. But look, you want to ruin this kid's season by pushing him in this game on the road against the Packers where you are going to be a nine point underdog, at least anyway, most likely in this game. Uh, This is not a very exciting game from a fantasy standpoint because you have to imagine Green Bay gets up. Green Bay runs the football now. If you have A.J. Dillon shares, if you have Aaron Jones shares, that's very good. Are we going to chase Romeo Dobbs 8-for-8 with a touchdown? Maybe. We just might. Uh, I think it's worth looking into, especially in the DFS side, especially over on DK, where he's just 4500 which is super cheap. So if you're going to get anything close to eight targets from him and the touchdown upside he brings, he's a phenomenal lineup builder this week. I love Dobbs in this game. But from the Patriots side, there's very little to be excited about. Uh, if we see Brian Hoyer, uh, I know what Brian Hoyer is. We all know what Brian Hoyer is. Uh, quarterbacks are the same age as me. Typically, I don't really like to go involved with. 
Uh, I'd love to see Bailey Zappi. I want to see Mr. 62 touchdowns run around yeah. and throw the ball. Let's go, baby. Look, because you might as well get an evaluation and see what the kid is, right? I mean, throw him out there. See what you got. We know what Hoyer is. But in this one, yep. I'd be very surprised if you see Mac Jones. Uh, I think this nine and, and well, nine and a half, whatever it might be in some spots, is probably a very comfortable number because I just think they are outclassed here, both sides of the ball, on the offense and the defense. Pat's defense is not what it was last year. They're missing some key pieces year over year. And the offense, without Mac Jones, I mean, even with Mac Jones, I think it's kind of underwhelming and they don't have yeah. playmakers. It was encouraging to see Stevenson on the field so much, but he's not getting the ball as much. People might say, oh, you're going to see a lot of Harris. You're going to see a lot of Stevenson. You're going to see a lot of not moving the chains. So I really don't care much about that. What I want to see right. are those guys on the uh, other side of this game. I want to see the Green Bay running backs. I want to see Dobbs again do it, and then we'll take it from there. It shouldn't be the most spectacular offensive game we've ever seen. It's a nine-and-a-half-point spread in favor of Green Bay with a total at 39 and a hook. But I agree with you, Joe P. Let's see Western Kentucky great. Bailey Zappi, who set FBS records last year, 62 passing touchdowns in a single season, over 5,900 passing yards. You drafted him in the fourth round when you had Mac Jones, who you spent a first-round pick on just the draft before. Clearly, you think highly of young Zappi. Let's see him ride in Lambeau, in Wisconsin on Sunday. I'm not sure that is going to be the case. Joe P., it has been 26 games since the Detroit Lions have been a favorite. But at this moment... The Lions are laying four and a half at home mm -hmm. against the Seattle Seahawks. 20 games under Dan Campbell, all booked as an underdog, but the Detroit Lions are 14 and six against the spread. Good teams win, great teams cover. Can the Lions cover as a favorite on Sunday against the Seahawks? This is a tricky one because we have so many variables in this game from a health standpoint. The DeAndre Swift situation is yet to be resolved. I mean, I'd be very surprised if he played. It's probably smart once again to uh, just give him a week off, let him get healthier, maybe even two weeks off. Jamal Williams has performed very well. Reynolds has been pretty good as well. Uh, then you got the Amon Ross St. Brown health too. If, if Swift were healthy, if Amon Ross St. Brown were healthy and they were all playing in this game, then I think that cover is very comfortable. I really do, because I really think they would just outclass the Seattle Seahawks. But let's not forget, too, you know, the best number on this might be the over, uh, because neither of these defenses are super exciting. And the inconsistencies that you see out of the Detroit defense, too, you know, one week you get Aiden Hutchinson, it looks like, you know, he is just absolutely magnificent. And the next week, again, uh, it looks like week one, where he did nothing. So if you don't get that pass rush from him, it's a really difficult slog, I think. And then from the other side, I mean, Geno Smith is not a very exciting quarterback. I, I know Lockett's still getting targets. I understand DK Metcalf had a better week last week, but still, look how many targets it took for him to get 60 yards. And if we're going to throw the ball up and just let him try to get it, that's fine. But I'm just not confident they're going to do that. Uh, the run game has not been good for them. Rashad Penny has not been efficient this year. He's averaging just three yards per carry. That's not great. So for me, this perspective is a very dangerous one for the cover because of the pieces that are going to be out for Detroit. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I think you can invest in this game on the Detroit side because I think Jamal Williams, uh, 7,100 on DK this week, if memory serves, is a pretty good investment. I think when you're looking at um, some of the other pieces in this game too, maybe DJ Chark, if, especially if Amon Ross St. Brown is out, we'll, see, we'll receive some more targets. Goff is interesting too. He's on that fringe of that QB1 conversation this week. He might have more upside this week than a guy like Aaron Rodgers in the previous game we just talked about. Because why would Aaron Rodgers have to throw for 250 yards in this game? Probably not, right? They could probably win this game, be very efficient. It might look very similar to what you saw when they beat the Chicago Bears a couple weeks ago. 
Whereas Goff, they might have to do a little bit more. So I think Goff, Jamal Williams, Chark, all those guys have some fantasy appeal this week. And from the Seahawks side, once again, you know, I think the over might be better because I just don't trust either of these teams to play clean enough football and mistakes lead to points. 48 and a half is the second largest total of this weekend. Mm -hmm. The largest is in a great game in Baltimore on Sunday afternoon. 51 for that over-under between the Bills and the Ravens, featuring the two quarterbacks that have the two best prices to win the NFL MVP at the moment. Josh Allen, the favorite at 3-1. Lamar Jackson, the second best price at 5-1. Right now, Joe Buffalo, a three-point road favorite against the Ravens in Baltimore on Sunday. But from that quarterback perspective, from that MVP frontrunner perspective, what can we expect between Buffalo and Baltimore on Sunday? Look, I hope this one lives up to the hype because it feels like the first battle of the best potential MVPs in the league. It really feels like that. And I think this is kind of a statement game for Lamar Jackson, too, because he wants that big money, right? So this is the game that you have to go out there and have a great game. Uh, certainly, that skinny stack of pairing Mark Andrews with him makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Rashad Bateman, I think, is undervalued, especially with all of those injuries they have to the secondary in Buffalo. But on the flip side of that, too, let's not forget how many yards this year the Baltimore Ravens secondary has given up. It has been bad for them, very bad. These guys may be a little older, maybe lost a step. I don't know. All I know is they don't look good. And Josh Allen last week in the total was a little underwhelming, right? Not the points we hoped for, not the shootout we thought it was going to be against the Miami Dolphins. I don't think that's going to happen two weeks in a row. This is one of those weeks where I think investing, especially in the DFS side, is one of those high-end quarterbacks is a good idea. Uh, so I would be looking at Allen. I'd be looking at Lamar, guys like Hertz. Even Herbert is a little bit of a discount this week because of the ribs and the uncertainty. I'm not as uncertain as everybody else. But I'm telling you what, with this game right here, uh, Gabriel Davis is that guy that I want to see if he's healthy or not. Because if he's not, and he's not playing, all of a sudden then you might be able to have some exposure to the Isaiah McKenzie's of the world. You might have a little bit more exposure to Devin Singletary, who in season long might be a better start this week because you saw him all of a sudden peak with a lot of targets last week. Well, that's because of the Gabriel Davis injury. That trend might continue. So keep that in mind. Singletary becomes a very interesting guy this week if Davis is indeed out. So far, still questionable. We'll see what happens practice-wise today. But uh, this one certainly, I think, has all the potential to be the game of the week and actually live up to the hype, which has been a tough sell so far this year. The two front runners to win the NFL MVP. Again, Josh Allen, the favorite, as he has been all season, all preseason long, all offseason at plus 300. Lamar Jackson now just $2 behind at 5-1. to one. He was 20-1 to one before the year got underway. Mm -hmm. So substantial movement on Lamar. And the Ravens, the third best price in the AFC. The Bills, still the favorites there as well at plus 250. Joe, you mentioned Justin Herbert, the rib cartilage fracture that he played with last week and threw the ball 45 times. That should be the worst injury news for the Chargers. It's not. Rashawn Slater, his left tackle, mm -hmm. his blindside blocker, out for the rest of the year. And on the other side of the football, Joey Bosa placed on the IR earlier this week. The Bolts still a five-and-a-half-point favorite against a really good cover team as an underdog in the Houston Texans in Houston on Sunday. With the Bolts' bad luck rearing its ugly head once again, what's your approach to the Chargers now? Well, you nailed it. He threw the ball 40 times, right? So, okay. <laughs> like, I guess the ribs are okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that that's the only thing. And I don't want to downplay the Slater injury because he's a phenomenal player, and that is a huge injury. But this is the Houston Texans. They are not a good football team, not on either side of the football. Uh, this should be an excellent matchup in theory for 
Austin Eckler, who has really done very little so far in fantasy circles. People are very upset. They have voiced their <laughs> uh, disdain for Austin Eckler on the Twitter machine quite a bit, and rightfully so. This is that fork in the road game. There's a lot of fork in the road games this week for a lot of players. Mm. This is one for him. I'd say DJ Moore has a fork in the road game, a very good matchup where if it doesn't come to fruition, people are going to start dropping him. People are going to get really frustrated, selling him off. As far as I'm concerned with the Chargers this week, you get Keenan Allen back. You got Mike Williams. You got Eckler. You've got a full complement of weapons, regardless of the injuries you have over there. You have the opportunity here to really put a hurting on the Houston Texans. And I think this team needs to do that. And then you mentioned those key injuries on the defensive side. They've had injuries to Bosa. They've had injuries to J.C. Jackson, right? This this defense, they did a lot on the offseason to remake this defense. I think they did a phenomenal job in theory. The problem is so far the health hasn't been there. When this defense gets healthy, it's going to be great. The good news is with this defense not healthy, there's a chance you get Damian Pierce, Cooks, those guys to contribute. And this game from a total standpoint becomes a little bit more interesting than you think. And if they can just at least trade some barbs or maybe even get some garbage time in there, this might be a more appealing over than people realize. And Herbert, I think, especially on DraftKings, not so much on FanDuel, is a fascinating discount. I think Eckler's an interesting play on FanDuel because I think FanDuel, you, you want that touchdown equity. You want that good matchup where I think they're going to feed him the ball a lot. But at the same time, I think Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, those guys are all in play this week on the other side on DK. The Chargers now the third of four odds in the AFC West right now to win the division. The Chiefs, a minus money favorite at minus 130. The Chiefs, a one-point road underdog in Tampa Bay this Sunday night. The first time since 2020 the Chiefs have been booked as an underdog if that line's hold and if the game remains in Tampa Bay. Joe P, you mentioned quarterbacks that are around your age. It's the 45-year-old Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night. That should be a ton of fun. Have a great weekend, Joe P. Sapia. I look forward to fantasy sports today on Sunday at 8 a.m. Good to see you, my friend, as always. Always good to see you. The Oxford sweatshirt next time. That's crazy. We finish this off with our best bet for week four coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are back here on the morning after closing out our two hours together here live on this football Friday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Our associate producer, Andrew Bacigalupo, just walked into the studio. He's as sly as a cat, though. That was good stuff. We round out the week here. It's been a fun football Friday here all across the grid and TMA. And as we round out our two hours together and our week here on the grid, of course, we have to do that with a best bet for your Sunday slate, week number four in the National Football League. So many good games. Hard to pick a side, a total I like, but we focus on props. In an MVP showdown between Josh Allen, the NFL MVP favorite at the moment, the Buffalo Bills, a three-point favorite on the road in Baltimore against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who leads all of the NFL in passing touchdowns with 10. Lamar Jackson, who has 12 total touchdowns to his name, more than every other team in the National Football League outside of the Detroit Lions. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for an NFL best bet. It is time for bye-bye-bye. 
I just mentioned it. Lamar Jackson leads all the National Football League with 10 passing touchdowns. He has thrown for at least three passing scores in each of the three games for the Ravens this year. Four last week and a 37-point performance offensively against the New England Patriots. And yet, somehow, some way, his passing touchdowns prop for this week is just one and a half, and the over has plus money at plus 116. I know it's not a great thing to expect multiple passing scores each and every week in the NFL. And the Buffalo Bills had the best passing defense against this very thing a season ago. And the Bills are still good defensively, but the issue is in the secondary in the health of Buffalo's back end. I think Lamar Jackson can throw for at least two passing touchdowns on Sunday in a game that has the highest total on the board at 51. Lamar Jackson over a passing touchdown and a hook at plus 116. The morning after is each and every weekday live right here on SportsGrid starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. For John James, Jesse Metzger, Hayden Walter, and Andrew Bocciolupo, I'm Ben Stevens. Talk <laughs>